the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain, and with me is uh, Nate Dunn and Damien O'Carroll. Welcome along, gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show this week. Thanks for having us, Paul. Well, it's always good fun. So we'll start with you, Nate. Just if you could remind listeners where you fit into the uh, technology world here in NZ. Yeah, fair enough. So I own a small software company called 3Bit and we do software. We've been around for about 10 years. So that's my day-to-day stuff. And I also own a cafe and work with GeekZone as a moderator and blog on there and blah, 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 blah. All-round good tech guy is what I like to call you. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. I'll take it. And uh, Damien, our all-round good motoring journalist. Well, yeah, motoring journalist. I'm just an amateur geek, really. I uh, just like tech in my spare time. But, um, of course, well, cars. Cars are very packed ca- with technology these days. Cars are sort of big so gadgets, aren't big, they, big, these big, days? Big, big gadgets, indeed, yeah. So I, I'm a freelance journalist, and uh, I've got my own website called oversteer.co.nz that, of course, everybody should check out. And you host a sort of podcast? There is a podcast, I think, too, yeah. New Zealand motoring thing. Motoring podcast, New Zealand motoring podcast. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. I would suggest everyone listen to it. (laughs) Excellent. Well, let's let's not hold back. Let's jump straight into uh, discussions this week. Now, uh, first up, National Business Review, we're reporting today that the uh, Financial Markets Authority is probing Zero's share trading. What's your thought on this, Nate? You uh, you do a bit, bit around uh, zero. Do you watch the ups and downs of the uh, the, the share market and what uh, zero are doing at all? Yeah, I do actually. Do you do you remember when the zero shares when they first launched back? I can't remember how long ago it was, and they launched for a dollar. Do you, we do you remember that? I remember them being at nine at ninety ninety, 90 cents. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they were they had a bit of movement around there. I think I might have I bought one one or two in, the, in those early days. Yeah, so what they because I'm amazed at how that because I think at one stage the zero price hit forty forty dollars forty five yeah so you know if you'd bought a thousand dollars you'd be pretty happy in about now so what the article's talking about is they're just wondering whether there was you know a whole lot of shares traded and if someone had known about that capital raising that's obviously going to reflect very positively on the share price and if you'd bought just before that because some had you'd figured out what was going on um, and then you're able to sell just after that happened you could make a, a lot of money quite quickly so they're just yeah, it's, they're sort of wondering whether something's a little bit amiss there. Um, and, yeah, and I guess you know it's their it's their role to investigate things. If if somebody thinks there's something uh, dodgy going on, so um, yeah, of course, because a lot of people can lose money, and that was one of the ways Kim dot com made a whole lot of money. He um, over, artificially inflated a whole lot of shares that he he bought. All these people bought them, and they were actually worthless, and he made all this money. And uh, I think that was one of the first crimes he committed. And <laughs> Away he went from there. So it is a big problem. See, I can be lying these two very, very extreme news stories and one's very old together. Yeah, my work here is done. Fascinating. Thank you, thank you for that, Nate. Very um, welcome. Yep, yep. I will. Um, yes. So mo- mo- moving on, uh, last week was Microsoft's Ignite conference, uh, which is, is, I think. What is Ignite, Paul, for those of us who aren't in the Microsoft fold? Well, it's as far as I'm aware, it's possibly the biggest uh, sort of multi-day conference that's held in in New Zealand. Uh, certainly, the biggest sort of tech conference that's held here in New Zealand. They get uh, something like two held and here in Auckland, two and a half thousand uh, people. They, they basically always sort of you know fill up the uh, Sky City Convention Centre, and it's you know this. I guess it's one of those conventions that sort of pushes the limits in terms of what New Zealand's uh, you know capable of actually hosting. 
Uh, and yeah, there were some very interesting uh, you know, keynoters and, and speakers. There was uh, Joe Belfiore, uh, who's their vice president across uh, Windows on the, the PC, uh, tablet and phone. Uh, and also their distinguished engineer, Laura uh, Butler, who heads up one of the uh, division development sort of divisions uh, around Windows as well. And we spoke to both of them. There's already a podcast uh, interview online with Joe Belfiore, which has got some interesting bits and pieces in it, which um, people probably won't have heard before. Uh, and we have an episode upcoming shortly uh, from a chat with Laura Butler as well, and some um, yeah, some curious bits and pieces in in there that again aren't sort of you know things that most people would have heard so i think that will be an interesting one to uh to look out for but lots and lots of microsoft content i imagine that uh, some of the best bits and pieces will be uh, also going available uh, online in terms of you know videos post the event for those that are interested in microsoft uh, there was lots of content around uh, cloud systems and what microsoft are doing in that space uh Businesses, most businesses will be uh, pretty familiar with sort of linking their uh, their networks and their users in through uh, Microsoft's Active Directory. Uh, at Ignite this year, they were talking around linking to Microsoft's cloud version of that, uh, Azure Active Directory, which is quite interesting in terms of being able to uh, uh, connect devices uh, to this new cloud-based Active Directory and have automated bits and pieces uh, happen in terms of de- provisioning and so on so i'm sure there will be some um, you know organizations will be quite you know curious about how that's developing and and what the future holds in those regards is ignite because you know, obviously gorilla is a, a a um a big it company is there a do you find there's a lot because you're in a sort of a quite a different space from us as a software company so ignites a you know a really perfect fit for what we do is there a lot for you guys to get out as a, a an it provider it service provider to, to go to a conference like, like Ignite? Yeah, I think uh, for you know for my firm for Guerrilla Technology, there's there's always bits and pieces of content that's relevant at at uh, Ignite and these sorts of conferences. Um, it's just a matter of really weighing weighing up and depending on the size of your team and you know whether you've got people that are available, whether it makes sense to uh, to send them along. Uh, and also, of course, a lot of the content tends to be available in one form or another online as well. So you've just got to have a look and, and see whether it fits to send your, um, you know, send a whole bunch of people along. And it seems, I mean, each year, you know, right across the sort of tech industry, lots and lots and lots of companies do send their people along. Uh, and it yeah, varies year to year in terms of whether we'll, um, whether we'll send, you know, people or not. Um, I'm just flicking through a list of the speakers and the, the, the uh, topics and everything here. There's... There's certainly a lot of speakers and um, yeah, a lot of topics and a lot of stuff that was covered there. It's, it's there are a lot of sessions on concurrently and uh, you know quite a broad mix of people from Microsoft. Uh, mm. Even went to a session uh, from their uh, their chief storyteller, um, and that was kind of fun actually. He- hearing all his stories basically, um, but he was he what was, an amazing job title. Um, yeah, <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I'm the chief storyteller. Don't take my job. Yeah. That, that actually um, beats our um, futurist we met at the Ford event yes, as, as best yeah, job title. Yeah, and he was, and and of course he told the story of of how he became their uh, their chief uh, <laughs> storyteller, and uh, he got he uh, he was you know he would blog around Microsoft. He was working at Microsoft. He would blog about it, and then one day he gets um, he gets a call from the the, the top. Uh, uh, marketing chap, and he thinks, "Oh no, what have I done? Um, have I still got employment at Microsoft?" 
uh, and it was the call to um, yeah to offer him this this role in the US. So yeah, some some good stuff there, and uh, lot lots of uh, yeah friends of the podcast that were. Uh, uh, talking, uh, one or two people who were, who are caught up with there who haven't been on the podcast before, who we may, uh, may squeeze into some future episodes. Uh, Michelle Dickinson gave her, um, gave a talk on, um, well, gave a talk on talking really on, 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 on giving, uh, giving speeches at these sorts of things. And, uh, by all accounts, that was, uh, that was, that was very good. Um, now into other subjects. The new iPhones are due to launch this week and, uh, possibly also, uh, some other bits and pieces from Apple, such as uh, iPads and uh, maybe a new Apple TV. That one's certainly been, uh, there's been a lot of speculation around that one. Have there the, been any leaks about, because, you know, I'm not fully across the, the Apple ecosystem, but you know, like when new Android stuff comes out, there's always a, a hazy photo of some, some phone from some factory that someone snuck out or... or you know, years ago, the um, I can't remember which model iPhone it was. Someone had discovered it at a bar. At a bar, yeah, left on the bar. Yeah. They got yeah. left. Has, have you seen anything, Paul, f- around this where there's been those leaks, or are they always, really tight? Always, always, every, every every time. And you know, the thing is that the the iPhone tends to be the phone that attracts the most attention. So, you know, as they go through, and that you know, of course, they've got to manufacture them in the tens of millions. And there's always that pressure point right on launch where it takes a while to get one because they haven't managed to manufacture quite enough, uh, generally speaking. And so, yeah, there's there are lots and lots of them. Uh, I'm sure you know very very well down the track in terms of the manufacturing uh, you know processes. So there have been yeah, multiple uh, leaks of, of varying uh, yeah bits and pieces. And even a uh, uh, you know what's been called a fully assembled uh, prototype, where you know ver- varying bits and pieces have come together, and so you know from that we've learned that it's going to be um, yeah fractionally uh, thicker than the previous iPhones. Uh, there's varying varying information around uh, cameras. Uh, we've got the the uh, screen, which is supposed to have the um, uh, what do we call it? The th- the, the the terminology. Uh, they've been using as uh, 3D, 3D, so so 3D this, force touch. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the force touch Wars. concept. So uh, you know, we've got this pressure sensitive uh, screen, much like we we have on the Apple Watch today, uh, and on the the newest uh, MacBooks as well on their their trackpad, where um, they've got that force touch capability. So yeah, there's there's lots out there. So there's, there's not a huge amount that's um, you know that t- tends to be un, under uh, under wraps. So yeah, we'll see. We're not 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 far off. A couple more days, and we'll have all that uh, all that info. Um, yeah, so we'll really we'll dive into uh, we'll dive into that next week, and we'll uh, we'll try and get along one of the uh, one of the telcos uh, to come down here and sort of you know give us give us their per- perspectives uh, on the on the new iPhone as well. So yeah, should be. Um, should be interesting as always to see what uh, what Apple pull out of the hat. But yeah, as far as the iPhone goes, I think in, in many ways um, a, a lot of that has already is probably reasonably accurate in terms of uh, yeah rumours and you know, high definition uh, camera and, and and bits and pieces like that. So we'll we'll get all those details anyway. I'd say the thing that probably interests me the most would be the new Apple TV. Yeah, well, it's been a while since we've had a had a, yeah. an, an Apple TV, and there are all sorts of rumours that have really mm. been going around about what this next um, 
and it's not really a TV. It's a little um, yeah, box, obviously a little, box little you plug box into your TV. You, you plug into your into your TV computer screen. Uh, but there there have been all sorts of rumours around what this particular one uh, you know actually means, and whether Apple are going to you know launch their own uh, gaming service, whether they're going to have some sort of a yeah Netflix competitor yeah, to yeah. go in the mix and so on. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the announcement just to see what actually what actually comes out. Whether they'll uh, whether they'll re- reveal everything uh, this week, or whether there's a bit more that they'll uh, they'll keep up their sleeves for later. Um, so yes, yeah, the, I think the um, the Apple TV should be should be kind of good this time around. There is. Uh, Discussion that it might be more expensive than what we've yes. been pra- yeah. paying well, previously because they're you know, bumping up those capabilities. Isn't like I'm assuming that the current one's like is it ninety bucks? It was really cheap. It was uh, it was ninety nine US, and then you know that tr- tr- was translating to about one hundred and seventy uh, New Zealand, and then in recent times. They brought that price uh, down again, so um, it's it's actually yeah very very reasonably uh, very reasonably priced at the moment. I think because I, I I remember being at PB Tech and I was picking something up and they and I I know about Apple TV but I've never really played with one and they had them on the shelf and that was like ninety dollars or ninety five dollars. I was like sweet, added it as well. Mm. It's it's such a cheap well I think for an, an Apple device it's so cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, what I'm seeing at the moment, 100, $119. Uh, uh, well, maybe I didn't pay for mine and I just accidentally put, put it in my pocket and not uh, in the car. <laughs> maybe the, I was a bit the, confused. As the Kiwi price. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, very very handy device, particularly if you've got yeah, Apple Apple gadgetry. Not not so useful if you're a... Um, an Android guy like you are, Nate. So you, you miss you miss out on some capabilities. Well, the funny thing is, I've got an iPad and Apple TV, and I I haven't used Apple TV in ages, but I did use it with the, which I think you guys did cover the is it Fan Pass from Sky? Oh, you yes. know the one where you can buy the yeah. one day or seven day thing, and I I used it to watch the Bledisloe was just on, wasn't it? Bledisloe Cup. Yeah, so I used it to watch that, and it cool. actually worked really well. Mm. I've, I've uh, yeah, got a yearly subscription to the Formula One. And um, yeah, it's brilliant. I just stream it from my iPad mm. to the Apple TV. Pops up and away, yeah. Yeah, nice and easy. Cool. Now, uh, last week was IFA in Berlin, uh, which is the big sort of, yeah, really Europe's big annual uh, tech, tech event. Um, and it's pretty massive, actually. Usually we see lots and lots of, uh, well, I don't know about similar, yeah, similar announcements to what we see at the other big tech events uh, internationally. And so there was a bunch of smartphones that got launched, uh, new tablets, a lot of smartwatches, uh, you know, so that, that the whole wearable space sort of, you know, reasonably well covered. Uh, you know, Samsung announced their, uh, their Gear S2, uh, Motorola, a new Moto 360, S360 Sport, um, new one from LG, Huawei showed off their watch, which I actually had a look at uh, today. I'd seen it some months ago, but... It was a very early prototype. I know, Nate, you've also seen uh, seen their watch as well. Yeah, I went through a phase where I was looking at the Moto, Moto X. Is that the Motorola one? With the, the uh, Moto bottom, 360? Yeah, sorry, with the bottom of the screen cut off, which I've never mm-hmm. liked. And I looked at that yeah. or, or the LG Wear. Those are the two because I wanted it to actually look like a watch. And Pebble's nice, but to me, it doesn't really look like a real watch. Hopefully, you don't get too many hate tweets for that one. Um, but the Huawei one, I, I'm assuming, is going to be a very similar 
I have no idea, but I was hoping it was going to be similar price point to their P8. Like they've realized that they're a little bit late to the game, so they've got to price very competitively to get a bit of a foothold. And it was a really nice watch. Like it was a good build, good size. Um, the features really good. It's obviously running uh, Google Wear. Is that right? Yep. Android Wear. Android Wear, yeah. sorry. And uh, yeah, I really liked it, but they didn't have any pricing in Singapore when I was there in May, I think, or June at the launch. Of the yeah, PA. we haven't got final pricing yet, uh, but that one, uh, you know, the one I, I saw today is a you know, steel watch with a steel strap and so on. Um, it's 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 not in the lowest sort of price price bracket, uh, yeah. but it, it's pretty up there in terms of features, and yeah, certainly compared to you know Apple, uh, it's it looks like it's um, reasonably fairly priced. Um, but we'll we'll see those actual numbers. I think what I was what was mentioned to me, which was, um, yeah, I think somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be quoted on this because I can't remember the exact <laughs> number. Somewhere between and zero was, and was five thousand. It was an estimate. Well, I think it it, it might have been in a sort of six to eight hundred dollar uh, range, which yeah. is at is at the higher the higher end. But uh, that's you know that's for their steel one and so on. So. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, that actually sounds quite quite pricey, doesn't it? Sort of compared to I know you know Sony's uh, steel one was was a lot less than that, uh, but when you compare with um, Apple's, uh, that's a lot more than that. So there's quite a few guides because I was really, I did quite a bit of research around the LG watch, and there's quite a few guides of people that have actually bought the LG watch with the cheaper bands, and have gone to and have got huge walkthroughs where they've gone and bought a particular watch off e um, not eBay off, off Amazon. Pulled that watch off and then attached it. And, Pulled the strap off. A strap off, sorry. Yeah, and then have yeah. matched, and like they know exactly that watch color and the LG watch color. And then, right. and you see, and you're like, holy moly, they've pretty much got the exact same, you know, steel watch for the that six or eight hundred dollar price tag, but for a lot less. And you look at it and it looks like looks the, like the top the end one. Yeah. I suppose very similar to that, that jeweler in the UK that was, you know, when the gold um, uh, Apple watches came out that it was offering to gold plate them. And instead of paying, you know, ridiculous fees, instead of paying ten thousand US dollars, yeah, you could pay get, whatever it cost to, to make, gold plate. Make it. your own watch edition watch, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. no one's a jeweler; they're not going to look and go, "Oh, that's gold yeah, plate." Yeah. For all intents, at a quick glance, it looks like you got a ridiculous amount of money. You might as well just get a complete and utter rip off one in that case. If you yeah, get a tw- twenty dollar uh, um, Rolex or something. So, Paul, you've um, you've got absolutely. you've been on both. So you've been on the Android and the uh, the Apple Watch, which like. If you had to pick a platform to go purely on the watch, not on the phone, which would you which would you pick? So, and I why? Mean, so so, yeah. so far, uh, the Apple side of things is is I think the most effective at the moment in terms of you know apps, um, and I just you know I'd like the the experience more. But I think this is a very immature market at the moment, Absolutely. so we've really got some time to to come. And I'll I'll be curious. I mean, one of the things. Today that you know, I, I notice in terms of differentiation with Android, where now you can have the screen on, you know, all the time, and mm. you know they've, they've got enough battery that's capable of doing that. Uh, you may be able to do that on the Apple Watch, but certainly not the default uh, configuration. Right. And you know, when I turn the Apple Watch to look at it, there's that sort of fraction of a second where you're sitting there staring at the screen and it's not telling you the time because the screen's off. Uh, and and sometimes you need to be a bit you know more jolty now. The next software update may fix all of that, yeah. and admittedly, I haven't been running the um, uh, the the preview so of Watch OS two. So, um, we'll, we'll all of that stuff becomes you know gets launched this week in terms of uh, you know iOS nine for for the iPhone and iPad and and um, you know uh, Watch OS two for for the for the Apple Watch. So, 
you know, I think these things are going to keep going through, you know, lots and lots of development. And it's, it's just kind of curious the different things that come through and, you know, who steals ideas off who and, you know, what, what's working and, and what's not. Uh, but, you know, I think they'll, they'll learn from, from each other. And as, as new ideas come through, uh, you know, I think all of the devices will get better. And, you know, also sitting in the background, of course, is Microsoft. They're about to uh, announce fairly shortly, I think, their, their new band. And the Microsoft band they, they actually launched last year was, was pretty good. Little, um, you know, device yeah. with, with a color screen and, uh, and so on. And, you know, their software has the advantage that it can work across whatever device yes. you're using, whether you're on, you know, Android, iOS or, or Windows. Um, then again, uh, Google have just jumped it sort of partway into that camp. Of course, they hate the Windows stuff, so won't go near it. But, um, but they, they have, um, you know, made the Android Wear now compatible, uh, with your iPhone. So, you know, they're trying to reach out as, as, you know, a bit more broadly in terms of picking up customers. I read a really funny tweet. Uh, I think it was this morning. It's talking about the Apple Watch and a guy tried to board a, because in New Zealand have obviously got a really good app for the iPhone and they've also got the app for the Apple Watch. And he, I think he was up to his second flight or third flight and he said, I'm sort of a bit sick of explaining to the the, the crew um, exactly how this works. I thought, how funny is it? But what an amazing world we live in where you can board an aircraft with no ticket and just use your watch. Very, you know. Yeah. When, it, when it works. Oh, well, yeah, when technology yeah, works. Yeah. I, I, def- I mean, I've had challenges there with uh, with the Air New Zealand app, but I, I had problems with other other apps too. But really? the, the last time I had that issue with the Air New Zealand app on the watch, and I'm not I'm not sure what it was, some you know version conflict, who knows? Uh, but I couldn't use it. But I with Apple Watch, you've got the Passbook, which is available, you know, for storing sort of tickets and you know varying bits and bits and pieces, and it holds sort of the barcode, so you can push things in there, and it's available accessible on your phone as well as on your watch. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I was able just to fire up the Passbook app, and that oh, had in cool. there uh, my barcode, and I used that to enter the um, the Kuru Lounge on on that that occasion, even though I couldn't seem to hit the <laughs> New Zealand uh, um, app to come up for. For whatever reason, so touch wood because yeah. I'm flying tomorrow, but I've never had issues with the app, and it, sometimes it makes me yeah. nervous when you go to check in and it doesn't have the seat on it. Yes, no, the first time that happened, I looked and went, "Uh oh!" Then you sort of just cross your fingers, and it beeps, and she says, "On you go," and, it, and the, then it must allocate the seat as soon as you check in. Well, yeah. I, must, I must admit, I had the, only used the um, app to check in for the first time the other day. It was the flight I was telling you about before, where I was drastically late and had to, you know... You were very lucky to make that flight. I was extraordinarily lucky to make that flight, but I checked in online, and so I used my phone as the boarding pass, and it's the first time I've actually been brave enough, and it was just out of sheer desperation to do it. Um, And I've actually done it a couple of times since, but... um, Yeah, I've had no problems with it on the phone. It was on the watch. watch. It was on the watch. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. And, of course, on the Android side, there hasn't been a, a... you know, an app uh, on the watch. No, no. so you know that. So you know, the, the Apple are very good at getting that app support, and I think that was one of the things that sort of stood out to me uh, was just how much app support. But it varies yeah. in terms of just how useful uh, the app is, and I've, you know, I'm sure I've shared before my story. Uh, you know, where, where we are sitting in the office here, we're right next to Spaghetti Junction, Auckland, the motorway, and if you call an Uber from here with your watch. Uh, the pin. Well, there is no there oh, is no that's... pin as there is on the normal app, but the driver wonders where you are because he gets told that you're standing in the middle of the southern motorway. <laughs> well, to be fair, Paul, you should really just jump out the window and go and stand in the middle. That would be dedication to that Uber be, and be, dedication yeah. to you as well, or from you. Do it. Fortunately, the window doesn't open, mate. 
<laughs> I'm sure you could throw a chair through it. <laughs> Be very you. rock and roll. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Okay. Um, so, yeah, lots and lots of uh, things announced at uh, at IFA. Um, Samsung's uh, Sleep Sense Tracker um, does stuff like turns off your television when it notices that you've fallen asleep in front of your TV. <laughs> Um, I mean, there, there, oh, just, there was, there was, there, that out. there, there were, there were so many things, um, at, at IFA, but well, well worth looking through some of those, uh, media reports. Um, a new camera from Polaroid. Now, uh, yeah, Polaroid are kind of an odd company these, these days because they're sort of, uh, this weird, uh, you know, they're not the company that they once were, but the, you know, the brand still stands and gets sort of pivoted in, in varying directions. And, uh, there's a new camera there, Snap Instant Camera, uh, that do, it it will give you those sort of instant prints of the, like the you know the old school uh, Polaroid um, you know sort of instamatic thing, but it doesn't use ink to print the photos, which just absolutely had me uh, scratching my my head uh, until I worked it out. And uh, basically, um, they use this paper called zinc paper. Um, which I guess sort of has all is it the, like thermal paper? All uh, well, not as ugly as the old sort of thermal paper for your faxes and your uh, receipt printers, because it actually prints out in full color. But it, it's um, it's basically able to use heat to activate color crystals that are uh, inside the paper. So it's a it's a much more advanced sort of version of the uh, the old thermal paper. Yep. So I thought that was uh, that was kind of cool. They're going to be uh, ninety nine. Uh, US dollars, so not... How much for the paper, though? Yeah, well, yes. that, that's <laughs> where the money gets made, exactly. right? Um, there was, yeah, of course, the, the wearables we talked about. Um, Intel sort of formally announced their um, Skylake CPU family, which is the sixth-generation uh, core. We heard about that a few weeks ago when they launched their first one, which was the gaming one. Now all of the chips are um, are out. Uh, the Core M was sort of the um, the, the big processor uh, launch sort of 12 months uh, or so uh, back, which was, was there, you know, we've had the i3 and the i5 and i7. The Core M was sort of sitting below that in terms of its power usage. They've now uh, changed that so you've got the Core M3, M5 and M7 like you do with the um, um, the i's as well. So you've got varying uh, levels of performance available there. Uh, so lots of stuff on on um, online about Skylake and lots of new uh, devices that are basically going to be coming through on Skylake, and we're expecting things like you know Microsoft to launch their Surface Pro four in the next uh, the next few weeks and to be based on that new uh, Skylake architecture and so on. So there'll be some cool devices coming through uh, off the back of that. Um, Philips announced their Ambilux uh, TV, which um, just bizarre. That was a, that's the one thing that really stood out for me. From all this, I just don't <laughs> understand it. It's describe it, describe it for <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, what is it? It's a, it's a uh, what a fairly large sixty-five inch four uh, K TV, and around the outside, it's got several Pico projectors uh, that project. Color. Colors and <laughs> patterns and stuff onto the it. onto the wall behind the TV to, in theory, to match the um, the mood and the something rather of what you're watching yeah. on TV and sort of lighting up the room and related uh, colors and patterns, right? Doesn't yeah. that strike you as one of the ideas that all the marketing people sit around together and they just throw out ideas and then they get to the bottom of the queue and they think, 
Oh, look, we've got nothing else. Let's, yeah, just, let's, run. Just, do let's just run yeah. with us. What happens if the lights are on the room? No, 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 no. Shh. Let's just yeah. run with us. Look, flashing lights. People like flashing yeah, lights. Yeah, this is well, the best like one we've got. Phillips do, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they sell lights and they sell TV, so they thought, let's throw let's these two, the two, two ideas <laughs> together. <laughs> Mash them together. Um, It'll make millions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not, not sure uh, how that one will will go, to be fair. Well, the the... the Demo they've got of it is just like of a you know psychedelic concert and all these lights flashing. I mean, imagine if you're watching the news. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great experience? You get Nana one for her birthday. <laughs> She's like, oh, there's a, di- a neighbour's having a disco party and doesn't realise it's actually her TV. Um, other announcement. Now this one's kind of curious. Um, has anyone heard of the uh, Technics SL 1200? I'm sure a few of our listeners will. No. So that for anyone who's um, ever had anything to do with the world of uh, DJing, uh, the Technics SL 1200 was a legendary uh, turntable that has graced many clubs over the you know many decades. Uh, but uh, Technics, which is a part of Panasonic's uh, part of Panasonic, um, they shut down making the um, the turntables, but they're uh, they're bringing bringing them back. Um, so we will be seeing um, we'll be seeing that gear uh, turning up again in the next um, next little while. It's kind of kind of interesting. It's odd for a brand to you know to go and kill off a product, and I mean you know the the demand had really sort of dried up for them. It wasn't worth them making them, but of course revival. There's been that revival or, or comeback of um, vinyl, of vinyl. Vinyl was just everywhere. Um, I mean, yeah, you can buy buy it at the warehouse. The warehouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sony announced their Xperia uh, Z5 um, family, so we'll be waiting on their, their next smartphone. Uh, and Huawei, the, the Mate S, which I had a look at today. Now, this is interesting because it is a really uh, high-end smartphone. It's you know really the top um, phone. Although, yeah, I think it, it very much is the top phone from Huawei. And this is has got a lot of similarities to um, the I think it was the Mate Seven was was last year's edition, uh, and the features on the um, Huawei P8, which we we've talked about before. Nate, you run the P8 there, don't you? I can see that. Yes. Um, and so it's got those things like that knuckle tap to do sort of screen captures, uh, and a b- bunch of other of their sort of specific features. But it's also got the fingerprint uh, reader at the back, which they had on their Mate Seven. Uh, which they launched uh, last year, and they've added to that. Not only you know do you tap the fingerprint reader on the back for it to unlock your uh, you know unlock the device like you would on on iPhone or a Samsung, but also you can do some sort of swipes on that now for certain functions. So if you if you swipe down and it's sort of positioned right in the middle uh, back as uh, as we have with the the um, control on LG sort of you know G three G four. Uh, and yeah, it's um, it's okay for a couple of things that I tr- I tried it out for uh, today. So you can s- swipe down, and it'll bring down your Android sort of notifications uh, view. And if you're in your photo gallery, you can use it to sort of swipe across and and swipe through your uh, your photos from Ooh, behind. So, nice, yeah, okay. kind of kind of I cool. Think the, the back of the photo has been a neglected space for far too long. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely neglected. It's terrible. It's shocking. Uh, no, I actually I find having um, you know having some control you know there is actually quite natural because yeah, that's where your fingers, tend, your, head, yeah, tend, your fingers tend to land, right? So makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, now something else that was a, um, 
that was shown off last week. And, and in fact, um, Mauricio from Geekzone mentioned that their, uh, their CEO was here in New Zealand. So he'd, he'd, um, had some details on this too. Was, um, Sphero's, uh, little, uh, Star Wars, uh, gadget. And so there's, um, there's the, um, the, the droid that's kind of like a ball that sort of runs around on, um, you know, Star Wars. And, uh, Sphero, who make their, their little, uh, robotics bits and pieces toys. Uh, are now launching this um, this one as a kind of a you know joint branding with with Star Wars and um, yeah it looks looks kind of Different fun actually cool. yeah uh, so I'm hoping we get to have a bit of a play with one of those <laughs> um, what else have we got another news um, now Hulu everyone is well not everyone's familiar with Hulu or Hulu Plus uh, but this is sort of a, a, a long time competitor Netflix in the US. Uh, but one of the things about uh, the Hulu uh, Plus service is advertising. So you get you, it's like watching uh, TV. So you've got those oh, sort yeah. of ad breaks, which has kind of been a bit annoying. So they've uh, I th- announced. I think that's understating things yeah. somewhat. It's massively well, annoying. It's why you don't tend to actually spend much time watching it if you get no. the content, you know, any any other way, right? Absolutely. So, yep. uh, so their announcement of offering an ad free service. Uh, you pay a little bit more for, I think it's maybe about $3 more uh, per month is, uh, I think, a rather welcome uh, addition. Absolutely. So good. Uh, do you guys you guys use Netflix and Hulu as your main? Because yeah. tend, we, we tend to use Netflix for movies. Yeah. And then we'll use Hulu for your TV shows or your up-to-date TV shows. And we'll use like uh, iTunes or, or Voodoo or one of those other ones for your really up-to-date movies. Yeah. You guys very similar? Pretty similar. Pretty I mean, much. we use Amazon, use a range of services, really. You mix mm. them up a little bit. The local mm. services have some, you know, oh, have some, have yeah, some, have some good, quick good, well. good content. I actually find so. the fact that the, the, the local services don't, you know, because you don't have that, well, even Netflix, they don't have the tie-in for any long term. I, I just sort of pick and choose and jump between them from month to month. I'll stick with one for a while. I mean, Netflix is my standard one. Um, Hulu Plus used to be a standard one that I would get every month too, but then the advertising just annoyed me too much. So now they'll um, now they can get more money out of me, and it won't annoy me as much. But well, even, they're, they're even we're talking expensive too, right? Yeah, yeah it's not a lot of money. Even when so we're talking more money, you're talking was it three three four dollars? Four dollars, I think. Four dollars. Mm. We're not talking. It's double. Yeah, no, like no four dollars, no ads. It's I don't yeah. know. I think it's a bit of a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if our dollar keeps dropping, it could be <laughs> that four dollars could end up being fifty New Zealand dollars. Well, that's so. <laughs> Who knows? Let, let's hope it doesn't go to that extreme. Um, <laughs> We're going that all, way, Paul. Although, although anyone sitting with a lot of uh, US dollars in their uh, in an account somewhere will probably probably hope that pretty it does. happy. Yeah, uh, but you know, uh, for <laughs> everyone else, uh, yeah, that could could be rather um, a problem, uh, especially if you like buying tech stuff, which is mostly sort of pegged back to US dollars in some way. Mm. Um, Circo have uh, got got some details through from them. They've got a new. Uh, bag tracking uh, capability. So, you know, Circo being the New Zealand uh, travel software company. And so they've got these uh, these bag trackers you'll be able to attach uh, to your, basically to your luggage. And what will happen is it um, uses low, low, low power uh, Bluetooth and you'll be able to get a, just get a handle on what's going on, like when, you're, when your luggage actually is coming back uh, into range so when it's actually I, I can't remember the exact distance but it's it's come something like 40 or within 40 or 50 meters from you, t- to you so you know you know it's 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 definitely you know off the plane and about to um you know make it onto the luggage carousel 
uh, and then you know can uh, can ping you as it as it gets um, very close when it jumps into uh, um, carousel mode, which um, yeah thought, alerts you when it comes into range via your smartphone. I thought you had to turn off all transmitting capabilities when you were on a plane. I did. I did wonder that when they announced it that <laughs> low, really, low power Bluetooth seems to be okay. Yeah, you really don't want the TSA going through your bags as it is, no. and they're just going. Hold on, this bag's emitting some emitting sort of strange. <laughs> Signal. Let's just randomly choose it for a check and break the locks. Yeah, I guess mm. there could be some uh, some some negatives to this type of technology. Well, there has but, there have uh, been similar similar things around before for some time, I think, too, haven't there? I've often wondered how they do get on with that sort of thing. I think it's just a case of don't you know they don't know, so don't say. Well, there, there, there's no one that 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 says says to the luggage. Uh, hello, luggage. Uh, please turn off all your electronic and transmitting uh, devices now, uh, and fasten your seatbelt, etc. Imagine, imagine if the plane ditches in the ocean and the pilot's like, "You know what? We crashed because there was a whole lot of interference <laughs> from the luggage thing." And everyone, and, and you're just sitting there, just really quiet, and your your better half's glaring at you like, "I told you to turn it off. I told you to turn it off." Oh, how was I supposed to know? <laughs> I think all of that stuff is a little bit of a joke. Do you think we'd be good? Do you think Damien and I would be good salespeople for this technology? Possibly not. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much. No. Yep. So anyway, good good on uh, Circo. Keep 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 doing uh, cool new stuff. We like it when uh, you know Kiwi Kiwi companies are doing doing good stuff. Uh, And oh, Instagram met with Instagram today, and they're doing something everyone will be excited about. Uh, well, the digital marketers might be interested in this. Um, not so much maybe the consumers. Uh, Instagram are launching advertising on their platform oh. in New Zealand. This no, week. but this isn't no news because they've they've had advertising on the Instagram platform in the states. Yes, for, yeah, so, for, so, for a little yeah, bit. But the, this week it launches in New Zealand and uh, about thirty other markets, and then by the end of the month it will be available completely globally. Uh, so. Yeah, so you won't, a, you won't be able to get away from it. This is no. a, a good move, and I say that as of someone who does quite a bit of Facebook and Twitter advertising because Facebook, I'm finding Facebook advertising, especially in the hospitality space, just doesn't seem to work like it used to. No. Twitter works, I'm, I think, really well, and, and Instagram for us is the platform of our choice. So if we can get more of our photos and more of our content in front of customers, and if it's got a very similar targeting agent as Twitter does, we with Twitter, it's crazy. It crosses can, over with Facebook because they're owned by Facebook, so they utilize the, the Facebook. Yeah, and, and Facebook's got that, that targeting as well. So if you can do that really um, fine targeting you can then actually maximize you can spend a lot more because you know that people are you know yeah, you're not people you want yeah to, exactly to get to yeah you're not trying to sell motorcyclists to people who are a car enthusiasts and vice versa you know <laughs> exactly so as an advertiser i think it's a good move but as a general user i might be a little bit annoyed i'm now getting ads but hopefully that you know they'll keep it in balance and it's not something that's yeah. going to uh you know kind of be going to be overdone did instagram talk about because I, I remember reading a blog about this in the states and they don't actually label the and I may or not. They, they, do, they do label they it do as, label as, it, as advertising. Um, the other thing is that adverts will be able to also have a have a little sort of call to action type button. So if they're promoting oh, nice. something, oh, okay. yes, you click through and go, you know, straight to you know buy something or straight to a particular website, um, you know, and so on. The other thing they're doing is there'll be sort of a, a carousel. So if it's an ad that you are interested in, you can sort of, you know, basically, you know, that's one of the things on Instagram. You don't have that carousel where you can mm-hmm. sort of, you know, swipe across yep. to, you know, see see more. Um, they're actually going to open up that to to advertise. So there's going to be a little bit of sort of premium functionality on the um, on those that are that are you know spending real dollars with them rather than just mm. you know taking advantage of the platform for free. 
and one other thing I think will be of, of interest to a few people is that uh, Microsoft, Google, uh, Netflix, and a bunch of others are basically teaming up uh, to build an open source uh, media format for uh, distribution of videos. So basically... When, when this lands, uh, we'll be you know done away. We'll do away with you know challenges of things like uh, silver light being needed for video and all these other varying things. If we st- we standardise on something that's open source and just uh, just shared, all the browsers will use it. So we'll make uh, life a little bit easier uh, technically. I think for lots and lots of people, whether it's uh, yeah software developers developing things or whether it's uh, yeah for us as users and consumers of uh, of video. Absolutely. But I think that wraps us up for this week. So um, thank you guys for coming in and uh, joining the New Zealand Tech Podcast this week. No worries. Now, uh, Damien, how do people reach you if they are interested in getting in touch with the, um, the very famous uh, motor writing journalist uh, whose blog is known as... Oversteer.co.nz is the website. I'm on Twitter uh, at OversteerNZ and Facebook under a similar handle, OversteerNZ. Nice. Um, and Instagram as well. But for that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and Nate, where do we track you down? Uh, you can track, I'm just at Nate on Twitter. And um, also I've got a blog on GeekZone, so, um, and that's under our, our company domain, so blog.3bit.com as well. Excellent. That's good. And people can track me down at Paul Spain on Twitter. My company is GorillaTechnology.com if you're looking for uh, IT services. And uh, you can find uh, this podcast and others at podcasts.co.nz. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you very soon. Uh, there may well be uh, another a sort of a second episode uh very shortly, one of the, um, the the one I mentioned there, the interview with uh, with Laura Butler from uh, from Microsoft. That one should be coming online in the next few days as well. And we'll uh, of course have another great weekly episode next week following the launch of the iPhone and whatever else Apple have up their sleeves. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.